0: Hello, this is Jenny Nichols, and this is Locals Share Green Action Podcast, where we hear from people across the U.S. that share their stories about work they are doing in their local community with a common goal of taking green action that helps care for people and wildlife and the environment in our local towns and cities. Our goal is that we might be able to learn from and inspire each other while we find our own solution-based action that lets us live meaningful, sustainable, eco-friendly lives, while cleaning, protecting, and repairing the environment. Today, on our podcast, I'm speaking with two board members of a nonprofit community organization that provides local learning opportunities that promote sustainability, environmental awareness, and partnerships with others in the community. I'm speaking with Chuck Lind and Lynn Stan. Chuck founded the nonprofit Simply Living in Worthington, Ohio in 1992. An educator, Chuck retired from Ohio State University, volunteer full time for Simply Living. He organizes their documentary films and Local solutions series and monthly meetup events. Chuck's children and grandchildren further motivate him to address the environmental, social issues of our times. Lynn is also a board member and has been a fan from the beginning. Her background ranges from nonprofit arts organizations, helping small businesses take products and services to market and sourcing and manufacturing items overseas. Her current focus is on living more sustainably and reducing her footprint. Welcome, Chuck and Lynn. Good to be here. Thank you, Jenny. I'm so excited to speak with both of you and find out more about your path of green action that led to working with Greening Your Community through your nonprofit. Chuck, what initially planted the seeds for you to want to take some kind of green action for the environment?
1: Well, I had become very much tuned into environmental issues for a long time, back in since the 70s. And in 1992... A friend of mine invited over to visit uh, Marilyn Welker, who's the actual visionary who founded Simply Living. And so I resonated right away. She had been inspired by the, uh, I think it was the 1990 20-year anniversary of the, uh, what is it, the Earth Day. We had an amazing surprise amount, like 30,000 people showed up at this local park and made everybody start to think, whoa, this is, you know, we need to deal with this. And Marilyn really had the idea of, well, if we all would pay attention to our lifestyle, hence the name Simply Living, we just cut back, step off the consumer merry-go-round, and pay more attention to more authentic living and building community. Uh, in those days, we had a lot of potlucks, gatherings, and the focus was a little bit more on, and it still is, on lifestyle, how it changes, how to reduce your ecological footprint uh, all good but in recent years the crises have multiplied and we a number of us have become more politically active and not that not to endorse candidates and mess up our 501 c3 status but the issues are just too great to ignore and uh, so some of us have been to DC to get arrested to let people know that uh, you know Bill McKibben has been an inspiration through 350 and we've had uh, a lot of people like Lynn in our community who have been aware of these issues for decades and, and are excited really to see the momentum build. And, and over 28 years, we can at least say today that the idea of sustainability is not new. <laughs> but it was at the time. I mean, the idea of living sustainably and that whole message was hard to communicate. Now we've had so many engagements with uh, local governments and projects that involve sustainability that I think uh, every even the major corporations now at least hire a sustainability coordinator to pay attention sometimes to greenwash but you know there are many good intentions and there are more and more corporations and Lynn might speak to that that are more involved in uh, the local economy so yeah lots of reasons lots of streams fed that whole impulse to create an organization to do this uh work and we've collaborated with all the other uh, green organizations in central Ohio, Sierra Club, Green, Columbus, et cetera.
0: Nice. So Lynn, how about yourself? What initially planted the seeds for you to want to take some kind of green action?
2: Well, it's always been part of my history. I I graduated high school in '76. I kind of saw some of the first Earth Days, and I was the youngest. My brother was six years older, and then I married into a family of people who were part of that group doing this in Columbus. And because he was 15 years older than myself, and so. It all just kind of kept the same story, kept coming over and over again is why are we, you know, why do we let certain things happen and not be aware of the impact on the earth and then later all those other types of things. But then when I was working overseas and doing things, helping people make products overseas, and that's a long story, but through it, I really did see this is not really good for our home economy and this certainly isn't, certainly really adds to that whole concept of what is the cost of that delivered item, the cost or just the cost of the earth. And it just really was, I thought, this is not really what I want to be doing. I so got away from that, I, although I do still have one client who still can still wants his one little product that he can't really find here. But, to, but it just really said, you have to start looking at what you're doing. And then I got involved with small businesses that were farmers and um, helped run farmers markets and helped create a store that's all about buying local. And so I understood the trendiness of it. And could see the benefits of it, too. But then again, that was also, you got to walk the talk. You just can't say to, you're only going to allow certain vendors who follow certain rules, made in Ohio, about Ohio, or in the shape of Ohio. But all those different types of things of where did you source it from? And, you know, if you're going to start asking people to prove that, then you have to walk the talk. And Columbus is a very special community in a lot of ways. We have a thing called Community Festival, ComFest. And it has been doing this for 50 years talking about this is the better community we all want it to be. And that's where Simply Living is. I always say Comfest does it for two and a half days with beers and music and lots of fun and placement for people to have FaceTime. But Simply Living is the one who all year long is continually bringing these issues. And I think what our biggest challenge has been is we are not content providers. We are connecticians. We connect into these with each other and that comes back to the challenge right now of we have so many different green organizations with their membership and so many different types of community things trying to do their own little greenness and sustainability, which is great. But how can we help tie those all together? So in the end, the businesses that are going to be serving those people that are now their interests wanting to connect because certainly these last four months have taught a lot of people more things about our whole economy and our world so how do we then kind of, you know, bring that all together? So that's kind of where my passion is. It's always been, we acknowledge the issues. How do we make some change? I'm not a big lobbyist and a big political person. So that's really hard when you're trying to make change if you're not committed to that aspect and those roads. But how do you then do it in your own dollars? And that's the part I do really understand in my connecting people with, oh, did you know in your neighborhood they're doing this? And those types of things. So that's where um, Chuck and I always get really excited because he does this weekly. I don't know if you've seen it or I could share that with you, but weekly he talks about this is what's going on. This is where you can go and take a class. This is who's showing these movies, and this is who's talking, and this and that, and it's just wonderful. So that's all part of simply living's
0: challenge. How do we keep on that being that connectician? Perfect. So did you start your meetup group from the beginning of your nonprofit?
1: No. So so meetup is maybe six or seven years old. We did start this meetup group, and
0: we've and it's been successful.
1: Uh, not. Lately, we're trying to do the virtual things to have, you know, Zoom meetup, and we're trying to get that going and do it on a regular basis. But the meetup, you know, it, it does a really good job of uh, people finding us. And then hopefully, we hope actually in the, you know, over the past several years, a number of them have become, you know, strong members. They've become, you know, they check out our, they leave meetup, which is its own little world and space uh, to look at our website, to, and and then we post the events that we do, which not typically meet up just to socialize, you know, but meetups to learn about <laughs> some aspect of sustainability or a movie that raises an issue about urban agriculture or solar energy and those sorts of things. So uh, we're trying. We do want to do more with the meetup in terms of getting people to kind of socialize, network, and and kind of rebuild potluck communities. We do this. Actually, we're affiliated with a group called Care and Share Time Bank, which is a way for people to connect on a little computer system to trade services with each other. They have a potluck every third Sunday at a uh, local uh, Unitarian Church. So that's that's an opportunity for many of our members, uh, because of that affiliation, to work, to show up at the potluck, and that's uh, always fun. We often have potlucks at our annual meetings and, uh, and sometimes the fundraisers, that sort of thing. So it's always good for people to interact in real time. And I think that's the...
0: So initially, I'm sorry. So initially, how did you get the word out um, to where you had people to participate in your potlucks
1: we helped co-found a uh, a local retail food co-op and and we operated a bookstore in that co-op for about 18 plus years just a few years ago it uh, lost out to the competition but uh but we were around for quite a while and what we did then was we we had information in a little corner of the store not only in the bookstore, but about joining Simply Living. And if people got a discount by joining the co-op, they got an additional discount by joining Simply Living as well. So that's helped. And we're, there's another co-op we're working with now in Columbus, in Bexley actually, that uh, we're trying to build some of that, some relationship, similar relationship with them and doing co-sponsoring with them on a films in a neighborhood theater near them, uh, that sort of thing. So, so, but basically press releases and, uh, <clears throat> we started a uh, simply living started low power fm radio station probably i don't know 12 15 14 years ago and we've got a, we have two now we do not operate them now we uh, are not as Lynn suggested we're not the actual providers of the information, but we are the connectors, and we sold for a dollar to a neighborhood group, a volunteer group that's been running the uh, the two stations ever since. And uh, the newest one, called the Green Renaissance Network, carries has a relationship with the Pacifica Network, so we carry uh, a lot of their programming. We do local programming, We get folks talking about sustainability issues. There's a you know programs devoted to that. We have Tom Hartman three hours and every every afternoon for liberal talk show, progressive issues. So we're excited that that can be a uh, hopefully it'll gain audience, but uh, we we do a variety of activities, and we try to promote to the community to get them to come to our, our, our events, or we show up at community festival events uh, of various kinds all year long when we could do them in person with our literature and our newsletter and our uh, insatiable, uh, intrepid uh, proselytizing to get people to see the light.
2: <laughs> it is a special community, and I think that's what you're really hearing, Jenny, is that That there has been this wonderful community. This community festival has been happening for 50 years. The Free Press, which is a very outstanding newspaper and the journalism, it's been 50 years. And we have five universities in Central Ohio that have a lot of the you know, the stuff that, and, and people have stayed here. <laughs> so so we, that's what simply Living, so they've created not just the stations that Chuck was speaking about, but also helped co-op be founded and spin off. And that's what we, you know, see great futures too, is how do you help little problem solvers, little businesses to help, you know, um, be launched. And we, you know, are, are looking, that's always part of our thing too, because we have great home shows, home and garden shows. Do they ever have anything that's about the Sustainability in a home or a garden? No, they don't. So how do we, we try to do that in other ways too, is try to be that, show those types of things. And unfortunately, COVID has interfered with some of the things that had started getting popular, which was to have home and garden shows that are not the home part, but mostly garden. Um, about sustainability, utilizing water barrels. How are you utilizing in your urban, your chickens and your farming and your, and you know, so people can see one, it's exciting and, Beautiful, but also not that overwhelming. So I think that I think that's one thing that's really special about Columbus is that it it has a lot of these things going on, and if you keep connecting them and working through them, then we can all succeed. So and, and also I think we repackaged things. You know, we may have gone and said invite you to a business, and now it's called a meetup. Before it was just an open house that we were sponsoring. So I think the meetup to you know our whole society has changed how we market things in social media, which is great that that we have these opportunities because when chuck speaks and talked about the movie the the story of plastic he had people online that weren't from central ohio and i think that's the nice thing about like, these zooms and these blogs is that they get recorded and then people who couldn't meet up at that hour that time that place still have the ability to share the information so thank you Jenny, for doing this
0: Yeah. So what other types of events, uh, so you mentioned um, gardening, and what other types of events are you using as educational opportunities?
2: Um, Well, we have the, how about the City Farm Folks Shop? Um, It's a store that's really about if you're going to be doing farming at your house, so having people speak there and have gatherings there specifically about those subject matters. Um, but also, and Chuck can tell you about really about sustainable you, which is really ways to package those types of information access. You want to talk about that, Chuck? Uh,
1: sure. We started this thing called Simply Living Sustainable You, sort of like the idea of a university, but putting emphasis on individual people making learning the skills and the, have obtaining the knowledge for sustainable kind of issues. So, for example, we, uh, uh, and you can go to our website, click on the SLSU or sustainable U logo, and uh, and see upcoming classes. We're beginning to expand this on the other side (laughs) for things that aren't necessarily uh, classes and work. You know, all sorts of classes, workshop, uh, courses. For example, there's a Columbus Garden School that brokers all sorts of different sustainability kind of uh not just gardening but there was one on how to learn the basic information for going solar to put solar panels on your roof one of our other one of our board members did a diy workshop and a sustainability 101 kind of at the columbus garden school lynn mentioned the uh City Folks Farm Shop, which is a real hub for the local urban agriculture home setting folks that have chickens in the backyard, that sort of thing. We've worked with uh, Green Energy Ohio to collaborate on uh, events. We've, I've personally spoken at, people have invited us to talk to their groups, for example. We've talked at uh, University of Women at Ohio State, uh, Rotary Club meetings. Lynn and I were involved in a, in a a project called "Support Our Local Economy" that uh, involved numerous presentations and workshops about the benefits of localization, how to keep money in the community, and the multiplier effect and the uh, value of our local economy. We write articles. I write. I just wrote an article last this earlier this week in the Free Press. She mentioned it's a lengthy one, <laughs> but it's all about like you know how to address the power structures that are. You know, slow to adopt the kind of sustainability issues we want, like 100% renewable energy in Columbus. How do we? work with grass, grassroots organizations. So I know it's kind of all over the place, but we, we are literally because we're all of us are networked with like Lynn brings much of the free press and, and those contacts through her marriage and through her experience. We've connected with so many organizations that one, one that's a, a great one is called the uh, Economic and Community Development Institute where Again, Lynn was a former, uh, I think you were on the board there, right, Lynn? Oh, no. Was, or you worked there?
2: No, I was staff.
1: Or, she was staff. Okay. So, but uh, me. <laughs> they do they do microloans to small businesses and, and and startups and mid-sized businesses. They have a a loan program that anybody, you don't have to be a certified investor or anybody with a $1,000 minimum from a CD or whatever can put it in a loan fund called Invest Local Ohio, and the result is that all of those dollars are invested in local startup businesses to support the local economy. Simply Living, for example, did presentations with ECDI the Economic and Community Development Institute to invite members of the public to take advantage of this opportunity to invest locally in our local economy. And we talked about, from Simply Living side, the sustainability aspect of building a strong local economy and not being dominated by corporate interests that uh, that have weakened the local economy and uh, and taken much of the market share. Anyway, so we're basically as connectors.
2: Well, I think the other one is Chuck built relationships. You know, it's always about location, location. So it's really hard for people to come all over the city, even if they're interested in the subject. So Chuck built these relationships with different movie theaters. So in different parts of the city, you know, whether it's the university or Eastside or whatever, these different movies could be seen, which is then lovely. And then there'd be a panel discussion afterwards now we're trying to figure out a way how do we put them up online because a lot of them are free online but how do you then direct people and still add some of the other just content parts that happen so again how do you repackage it and stuff but that's one thing that really was for a long and unfortunately i know a lot of us do miss that where, you know, at a movie theater, it's one part of town, you know, just being able to join up for, watch a movie and then have a discussion
1: afterwards. Yeah, we we have four locally owned uh, theaters. And so we tend to work with them rather than the chains. Nothing against the, ch- we want the chains to show good movies too, but we also are very uh, impressed that so many great local, um, not necessarily local, but independent, Filmmakers are getting the message out on so many of these issues that are not covered, at least not in depth, in the mainstream media. They get a mention, but there's not really uh, in-depth coverage. So, and a good example, we just did the uh, the story of plastic. Now, the the distributors for the story of plastic basically offer the platform to uh, uh, let you watch it for two weeks of two week window. We promote it, get people to watch it. And then we had our Q&A and discussion with an expert panel. So we had a, an expert, a research scientist, an activist around the plastics. And we had a, a woman from the Bexley Sustainability Group in uh, a suburb that has banned plastic uh, in their community and has worked with a large grocery chain to stop the plastic, which is good. And uh, uh, who else did we have? Lynn, we had uh, uh, a third expert. Oh, yeah, we have the Sierra Club, and we, we, again, collaborate with the Sierra Club. They have a beyond or a past plastic initiative, and uh, so, again, by uh, having them give short presentations, we recorded it in the webinar and then had a QA and a it was very successful.
2: Well, and I think the other unique thing about Columbus, Jenny, you may want to look it up, is we were selected to be the smart city, the city to look at and help other cities become smarter, and it's called Smart Columbus, and that could be a whole other discussion. But the point of it was is that um, Columbus has always been a, if it starts to be trendy in Columbus, then it will also be trendy other places, even though we are not east and west coast. So, and we're 500 miles from a lot of population because of our location. So the Smart Columbus happening was kind of logical, but again, it, it added a lot of other different levels. But what really came out of it was electric vehicles and fuel types of vehicles to reduce the fuel. So it. In the process, there has been a lot of focus on that. So we've been doing Drive drive Electric Week celebrations that happen in September. We would kind of connect ourselves, make sure that kind of stuff is happening, or get connected with some of the electric vehicle clubs that are happening. And it's it's not an easy path, that whole electric vehicle. I bet in terms of reaching people because that then does impact, you have to have income on that one. It's not just your choice in your in your society, you have to, you know what I mean? You have to have the money. So, and, and so that's been an interesting and a challenging of, in the world of connectivity because certainly it's a very, very big project that needed to reach a lot of people. But in the process, it's not yet reaching the people on the ground, the citizens. It's more still up there in the city planning, and, and it'll be great things for the city. And I think that's the other thing that is going on in Columbus. They are trying to look at, because being a smart city, they are doing things and maybe other cities are learning from things, will be learning from things from them. So so
1: we have a close, one of our former uh, board chairs was uh, a person named Kevin Eigel, who started EcoHouse Solar. And I uh, just installed solar on my home. Uh, and it has one of these uh, solar edge charging inverters that allows me to Charge my electric car didn't cost me a fortune. I, I paid four years ago for a three-year-old Leaf Nissan Leaf. <laughs> it only gets a it only goes around eighty miles, but now I can charge it with sunshine. <laughs> Happy to do that. And so again, we so when we do films like on community solar and we advocate for 100% renewable energy, that's an issue in. Is uh, aggregated uh, electric is, is on the November third ballot in Ohio and Columbus. We hope to get that passed and then put pressure on the city to do more community solar, take a vacant lot, put up a solar array. We have a, Columbus actually has a small municipal electric utility right here with expertise to make that happen. So that's one of my hobby horses. I promote that all the time probably mentioned it in that article I just wrote. So anyway, yeah, I'm and charging stations that Lynn mentioned the trend and yeah, we're the Smart Columbus is installing charging places at apartment buildings at Walmarts and places where people congregate. I had a meeting 20 miles away in Delaware, uh, not too long ago and at the library pulled in and there was a charging station which is very helpful to we leaf owners who only get so many miles.
2: I think also, Jenny, two other things about Simply Living Connecting to its community is that we have a, well, until COVID, we had a monthly meetup called Green Drink, okay? And it's a younger audience, tends to be more urban downtown, but every month they would have some type of a green topic, that would be talked about so simply living would be there quite often to make sure that we can make announcements and connect with people so that one was i think it was a really nice ongoing connector Oh,
1: well actually green green drinks is a national program but green drinks columbus is operated by a, an organization called Green Columbus and we collaborate with them so we're very well connected with showing up to be part of their uh, events when when we had them in real time and they also sponsor Earth Day where we always exhibit at the Earth Day events some you know around in April every year so these are Again, collaborative oper- opportunities for us to get our word out. She mentioned relationship building. Obviously, it's uh, really critical. It's just really is about, you know, being able to call somebody up, you know, like uh, I happen to be a neighbor of uh, one of the city council people. So that relationship is very helpful, you know, and, you know, it just makes a difference. Uh, he and, and another city council member have been very influential in getting the Aggregation option on the ballot
0: in November. So, what might be some of the challenges you've might have faced as a nonprofit?
1: Yeah, money. <laughs> uh,
2: you, you, um, I think you. Go ahead, <laughs> Lynn. <laughs> yeah, money. Well, money because certainly volunteers don't appear in the same way but also the needs are very different. We really need some social media and some modernity kind of volunteer help. I think I think the other is if your community doesn't talk to each other enough and you know what each other's are doing, then there's a lot of overlap, but also, well, no, actually, you're looking for ways to work together So think, because things do overlap. The city and the state that should see the best benefits out of that that they don't work in um, in, that, in that favor. And because more than when we do talk to each other, we realize, oh, well, look, we can share that opportunity. So I think that's one of the biggest things is just the city itself and the state looking to each other to share things and that we're not competitors to each other, that we really have. And I just had a discussion with Clean Fuels Ohio about it. I mean, they're, They have certain jobs that they're trying to do, but that doesn't mean that most of the time they're still there. I guess the other challenge is do not assume that you know who your people that are going to make change are. And oftentimes we put events thinking it will only be we're only going to talk to these certain people and you know and it's like no you take it to the public you put it on the street very on the ground and you, all the public walks by you don't just have to know who the decision makers are who are those who are those grass tops you because you, the grassroots are going to sprinkle some going to tickle some of those grass tops right mm-hmm. so i think that sounds i hear that all, quite often i just heard that from clean ohio also i said why do you guys you know, why does it always have to be about EV? And I said, do you really, so those types of things. So I don't want to go off on standard, but I think that that's the part of the challenge as a, a nonprofit is, especially us, we are the connectors. We want all to get along and because we know the benefits from that. And I think that's, that's one of my challenges, I feel like.
0: Nice, what are some of the ways that you and others are enjoying the rewards of your efforts? Like, do you have a favorite story you like to share?
2: Well, I think that actually the radio station, Chuck, the fact that Simply Living, yep, I think that's one of the best. And people knowing that they can turn to Simply Living to help in their connecting when they're not remembering who who they work with or whatever. So I I think the radio station, to me, is one of the biggest things. Uh,
1: One success is that we started basically in uh, uh, Clintonville, and Lynn lives in Bexley, and Bexley's really coming to the fore. So we have some neighborhoods and local communities that are, have really stepped up to, to green, and uh, Worthington's was started one of the first what we call neighborhood sustainability groups. So we're affiliated with the U.S. Transition Network. We're we're officially the transition hub, meaning we encourage and uh, support and provide meetups sometimes for local sustainability groups in these various groups in Columbus. Worthington is a su- suburb just north of Columbus. They were really the first, and uh, Bexley now has a great green offering, uh, Gahanna, another suburb, Clintonville's right in the heart of uh, Columbus, they've done some fantastic work, Uh, Delaware, which is about 25 miles north of Columbus, my wife happened to start that project there. And I lived in Delaware for seven years before moving back to Columbus. And they're incredibly successful. They have spawned a, a, a regional project. They work closely with the city council. They work with the Ohio Westland University. Lynn mentioned this, we have some great university and college assets. And, and you know, they've done a lot of the same things that Simply Living has done, but you know, in, in Delaware. All all sorts of projects like that, I think, are you know definitely rewarding. Uh, I'm still on the Delaware mailing list, so I see all the good things they're doing. I listen to that radio station every day. Uh, it's it's exciting to hear on the radio while I'm in my car, people that I know <laughs> talking about issues that I care about. You know, I, I think I see my job primarily as outreach outreach volunteer to. Uh, you know, can kind of just spread the word, get get more people to know. And the biggest challenge for me is bugging the grass tops, the community leaders, to make the real changes, to endorse Medicare for all, for example. Or it's just a letter in the in the dispatch in our news newspaper Please. today. They could do that. They haven't done that. We've had riots, not riots. We've had demonstrations uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, and a a great showing here in columbus and after years of not uh developing a police review civilian review board for the police uh they finally decided okay we should do this but it took all that pressure of demonstrations and two of the city council members being pepper sprayed themselves (laughs) to make that happen and of course it's still not fully done so you know, I feel like we need some really serious, radical, quote unquote, changes that are really changed the systems so that we really have a much stronger local foods program uh, system. We have one. It's great. Uh, we need more, and we need to uh, strengthen the affordable housing. We need to, the more commitment from the public sector and less privatization. And, uh, you know, the universities have bought into this privatization stuff. So we need to reinforce the commons and as lynn says we're also promoters of columbus columbus has a lot of great things about it but it could do much better we could be, we could be real leaders and leaders and that's i think our challenge and our job
2: and chuck listening to you speak i realized our assets and sometimes our challenges is the fact that we have a lot of little cities that kind of intertwine with columbus And they're doing much better than Columbus. So maybe we need to embarrass Columbus a little bit more and tell them they need to start thinking more like Bexley. Because actually, I do live in Columbus in more of an urban neighborhood that is just a lot of people of lower income are living over here so it's just the other big challenges so but i think that also how do you then go to you know like mid-ohio regional planning committee commission i mean the fact that you know through you chuck and simply living i've learned that we have that and how important they are in terms of being able to they should be dealing with us helping to get these groups together and be talking to each other more because those are the things they talk about right
1: yeah absolutely
2: the agriculture you know they're they're looking at transportation they're looking at the food systems they're looking at housing all those things they're looking at it with the beckley's and and the whatever
1: they could do more and again that's that's one of our tasks as a connector is to keep points our jabs our letters our demonstrations our efforts of various kinds to wake up to the climate crisis it's a that's overhang. That's the dark cloud over everything. And so, living sustainably individually, yes. Communities living sustainably, yes. But changing the culture, the and the and the healing that needs to happen to the earth, to uh, pollution from these international corporations, all the devastation of that. We need a change of culture, and we have a lot of people in Simply Living that are attracted through the, uh, uh, I want to say, New Age or, you know, the yoga and the Reiki and the alternative medicine and the people who are looking at uh, living healthy lives in, in a time when, uh, in Columbus in particular, we have very bad air from coal-burning power plants uh, in Southeast Ohio, Eastern Ohio, and uh, so we have a lot of asthma, a lot of those health issues, environmental health issues. So. Anyway, we and
0: now the fracking, fracking. Oh yeah. If your ideas and experience and wisdom were all wrapped up in seeds of potential action to give to others, what advice would you give to someone trying to start something like this in their own city or state?
1: Well, we always quote Margaret Mead: "Starts with a small group of people. It's the only way change has ever happened." And I'm not quoting it exactly, but uh, we started with a small group. Marilyn Welker, I mentioned. I I joined up right away. We had maybe seven or eight people with a good idea, and and through the networking, we have built the organization around connecting with other with our members being networked with other organizations. For example, right now, uh, it's very common for the utilities to offer. auditing uh, services to, you know, see where you are with your energy and how to improve that. Well, the first one actually came from uh, back in the 90s. We had a a Simply Living member who worked for the city and brought this idea and they actually paid us to do, uh, we had a grant to do audits and household audits. So that kind of connection, connections in all the local communities. We had a lot of them in Clintonville. They started to transition Clintonville program to try to get solar energy, solar panels on at least one house on every street in Clintonville. (laughs) What a great vision, right? So, but again, I just think it's a matter of, um, I would say exactly what the same process happened in Delaware, where my wife had a friendship with a woman who wrote column for the local Delaware newspaper she got together they had they thought yeah let's let's start sustainable delaware and they did an article in the newspaper they met in the library they got together and they started saying you know what can we do in delaware uh they started showing movies they have a local theater there too they started uh promoting themselves at the local farmers market they did uh, they installed bike racks <laughs> they uh, did projects with uh uh, the local people with the water system, they did tours to show what the problems of runoff and agriculture. Again, all of these, and it's still going strong. They formed a 501c3, look at uh, how they can uh, impact climate change and use all the assets they have in a more coordinated way.
2: I would also suggest the inter- power and light it's a um, I think it might be international but it takes the concept of you are a congregation is to take care of their building and what's the best way to sustainability of that building and then once they learn what that process is then they can take those concepts home to their own business they can take it home to their home life so and by looking at how do you get to groups of people and that's what I really like about interface power and light is that you are stewards of a building and it's it's costly to take care of a, of a of a church or a synagogue. So I like that they have. They are in. I learned a lot. Have learned a lot from them. And they. And so that's one I would suggest that some people look at and see if there's anything going on in their area.
0: Or just look at their information. Excellent. So say the name of it again.
2: Interface Power and Light. Okay,
1: got it. All right. IPL and they uh, have have like there's Ohio Interfaith, Power, and Light, and there's one in Illinois with a different name, but the the whole idea is to uh, encourage congregations to, for example, Simply Living, and a group of us at the Green Group in a local church, actually in uh, Lewis Center, we, we gave a sermon based on the prodding from the Interfaith, Power, and Light group to go to your congregation, explain uh how important it is to green your congregation and what can be done so we did a whole sermon quote unquote by you know lay leaders like myself and another simply living member so so yeah they're a great group there are many
2: and then there's the northwest institute which is a yeah well a, it's a it's a it's i guess simply a guide of a, if a group wants to get together And talk about the issues, whether it's you're going to take back to your own home or you're working together in a business and you're looking at that business. I think that it also guides people down to what some of the analyzing. So then, if you want to make change to make an impact,
1: that's a that's a great idea. In fact, one one of the major sources of people deciding to or or finally connecting the dots, realizing that the simply living umbrella strategy is uh, very. (laughs) very useful. Northwest Earth Institute, we were one of the first, this is, goes back to the 90s, to adopt. They have like 10 courses. They revise them periodically. Uh, but they've recently changed their name to EcoChallenge.org.org, And they have Eco Challenge events, or uh, you know, I'm not sure what they call them, but they're challenges. And they encourage teams of people. And both the courses and the team efforts would be a great strategy for a group that wanted to start a a sustainability initiative uh, because the Eco Challenge is basically saying, what can I do in over a period of two or three weeks to make a change in my life, to shut my computer down all the way, to install LED lights, to shop locally, to consider uh, solar energy, uh, electric car or or hybrid, all of those choices that, that can be made. And so they compete as a team, they make it fun, uh, so that's a great activity. And the courses themselves are all self-organized, so you don't have to have an instructor. You can just have the course as an anthology of readings around, say, uh, food issues or energy issues or climate issues, global warming. Mm-hmm. And the articles are read uh, over a period of four to six weeks. You read the articles as a group of eight to 12 people, and you take turns leading and share information reactions to the to the articles, and people begin to absorb in a more deep conversational way how how these uh, lifestyle changes and what's going on as a trend can uh, be a positive impact on their their lives and their community
0: nice yeah that's excellent so how would uh, you like people to contact uh, you that might have more questions or uh, want to get involved
1: I'm I'm a, uh, I, I'm a historian and a networker in chief so you can contact lana but you can contact me easiest way chuck at simplyliving.org easy my you can text or call me at 614-354-6172 simplyliving.org we're also on facebook we're also on twitter we're also on instagram
0: great Great. Well, thank you both for um, spending the time and sharing this with us. It's really been quite insightful and everything that you have been doing there. It's uh, quite inspiring. Thanks for joining us for Local Share Green Action. Until next time, let's all use our unique talents and abilities and take meaningful green local action that benefits the planet and people.